I have a confession to make. Prior to creating this episode, I think I had secretly vowed in my heart to never talk about cholesterol. Why? Well, I felt like cholesterol is talked about too much. It is something that our doctors are constantly bearing down on us about, about what you know, we shouldn't be having high cholesterol and we need to eat not fatty foods. And I just kind of figured, I don't even think cholesterol is relevant to my clients. They're really focused on their gut health and what's going on in their gut. And no one wants to hear about cholesterol. Well, I had an aha moment in my life when I was with my students from our last round of blood lab boot camp. And one of our clients, one of the one of the women in the group shared about how she was fascinated by our course module that was on the lipid panel, which is the panel or the blood chemistry that talks about cholesterol, HDL, LDL, triglycerides, all of that. And she shared that both her and her mother struggled with high cholesterol and they didn't know why. They were told by their doctors that they were recommended to take statins to help lower their cholesterol, but they knew that there were A, a lot of side effects to statins and B, that statins didn't really solve a problem. So while they were committed to naturally healing their bodies and trying to do just actually generally healthy things that would lower their cholesterol, their doctors didn't tell them why they even had high cholesterol. They felt that they had a relatively healthy diet. They exercised. They were in a loving family. They had a lot of things going for them and they didn't know why they had high cholesterol. Well, in our blood lab bootcamp course, she learned why she had high cholesterol and what she could do to naturally balance that out. And it was so impactful to her that as we are relaunching Blood Lab Bootcamp in January, on January 5th, I want to be sharing with you guys, and I want to take today's episodes to talk about cholesterol, why it's high, and how you can naturally lower your cholesterol. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel more healthy and vibrant than ever by finding the root causes of our health problems. My name is Allison Jordan. I'm a marathon runner, functional medicine, health coach, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that works with both virtual and local clinics clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're going to go beyond popping a probiotic and just checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for your entire life. If you are ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. Okay, guys, so I want to start off today's episode by highlighting the fact that if you are struggling with 
any type of health problem, gut health, autoimmune disorders, hypothyroidism, um, any type of kind of chronic ongoing health problem, you're in a lot of pain, fibromyalgia, things like that, you're much more likely and much more susceptible to have high cholesterol. And so that is something that I've also been finding that uh, that there's a commonality of people who have, maybe you're really thinking about your bloating or your discomfort, you can't sleep at night, like you can't eat any foods that you feel like you can eat. Well, why is your cholesterol high at the same time? And it's one of those nagging things that I'm finding more and more of my clients are sharing with me and that we're seeing in their blood chemistry, like, oh yeah, by the way, my doctor's bothering me because I have high cholesterol. So I really do believe that a lot of y'all are dealing with this. Um, And you're, you're listening and you might feel like, am I the only one? Or maybe you're listening because you're interested, like myself, like, how do you get high cholesterol and how do you naturally lower it? Because you can. So now that I've prefaced that and just said, if you're listening to this right now, you're probably listening with a whole other bunch of other listeners who also are struggling with high cholesterol for reasons that you can't figure out or don't know why. And so now I want to jump into a quick review. What does cholesterol do? We hear about how having too much is bad for us, but cholesterol is inherently good, like really good. (laughs) Um, Cholesterol plays an important role in the body. It plays actually multiple roles. So it's the precursor to many of our hormones, including estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. And while having excess of any of these three can be a problem and is something that I work with my clients with. I also see a lot of low estrogen, low progesterone, low testosterone. And so we want a cholesterol to be behaving well in the body so that you can create these hormones. Super important. It's also, cholesterol is also the primary substance in our cell membrane walls, which means how strong and resilient your cells are has to do with cholesterol and your ability to, to have enough of this substance in your body to make strong cells so that the cells don't die or oxidize. If you don't have strong cell walls, you're also going to have problems with getting nutrients inside of the cells because the cell membrane is, it's your whole communication line for the cell of, should we let this thing in or not? And so it's going to be hard to onboard thyroid, um, your like T3, you know, stimulation. It's going to be hard to onboard uh, different glucose and all this stuff. It's hard to get these nutrients inside of cells if the cell membrane wall is damaged or not functioning well. Cholesterol also is the primary substance in myelin sheaths, which are wrap around your nerves. It's basically what makes your nerve have good conduction, fast conduction, so that you aren't having excess pain around your nerves. You're also not having any problems with like sending signals through your nerves so that your hands can move. So think about motor function, think about demyelination diseases, you where, where your nerves are breaking down. Um, you want cholesterol so you can have good, healthy nerves. Uh, cholesterol is a primary substance in bile acids. So that's important for breaking down any of the food that you're going to try and eat, uh, especially food that has protein and fat in it. And if you're not breaking those things down, a lot of times you're going to be deficient in fat soluble vitamins. You're going to have a lot of energy problems because your body prefers fat as fat and protein, but especially fat as its primary energy source. You're going to crave carbs a lot more because you're not getting any energy or getting as efficient energy out of fat and protein that you're eating. So you could be on a keto diet or a low carb diet, or you 
you could be trying to eat more fruits and veggies and meat um, and avoiding as many carbs, but you're still going to not feel as well if you can't break it down. And so you need cholesterol for bile acids. Uh, and cholesterol also is a primary substance in vitamin D and us actually being able to get vitamin D and shuffle it around our entire body. And then cholesterol repairs, helps repair our arterial walls like a Band-Aid. And so it has to do with, you know, just not bleeding out, being able to get over a bruise. And so these are all things we might take for granted if we have good cholesterol levels or um, we think that we are doing okay in all these areas, but as soon as you have someone who has low cholesterol, um, they're going to potentially have a much more likelihood of, of having problems with their hormones and their cells in their body and their myelin sheaths, aka their nerves and their digestion and their vitamin D um, and and just not bleeding out. That's huge. So cholesterol is actually terrifyingly good for us. It's amazing. And the other important thing to know as we're talking about how does cholesterol get high and how can we naturally get lower? It's like, well, what is it? You know, what does it do? Where does it come from? And that's the next big thing that that is so important in this conversation on how do you lower your cholesterol? Because the majority of cholesterol is not, please hear me, not absorbed from food. It is created by the liver. We do come into contact with cholesterol in our food, but our body doesn't really use that cholesterol very much. It, it will use triglycerides that it comes into contact from food, but cholesterol is primarily made in the liver. So cholesterol is more a sign of liver health than of dietary health. And there's some interesting studies out there, and I talk about this in Blood Lab Boot Camp, and you actually can see the studies and the charts, and we really dig into this more. Um, but there's some interesting studies out there where they feed people two people the exact same diet, but they put them under different circumstances, and one group of people has higher cholesterol than the other. It is not about their diet. It's about the circumstances around them. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. So the when when you have and if you have high cholesterol you really want to be asking yourself, do you have signs of liver congestion? What are the signs of liver congestion? What is liver congestion? <laughs> because we're suddenly shifting the conversation about food. And this is this is huge. I'm actually glazing this over because we do jump into this a lot more in Blood Lab Bootcamp of why, why food was, was theorized and posited as as the reason for us having high cholesterol and then why that's actually not true. There's again, lots of studies that back it up. And unfortunately, it's still the prevailing concept. And again, you could say it's the prevailing myth that food is the cause of high cholesterol. So if you've never heard this thing that food is not the cause of high cholesterol, your mind be, might be like, whoa, 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 back up. I would encourage you check out and and get onto the wait list for Blood Lab Bootcamp is where you're going to find everything you need to better understand all of your blood chemistry markers, the most common ones that your doctor is getting, your thyroid panel, your lipid panel, your your complete blood count, your comprehensive metabolic panel. If you don't know what these are, you should. <laughs> it's kind of what I want to say, right? You should because these are things you're getting usually once a year. And if not once a year, at least when you're not feeling well and when you're when you're sick and you're you're at the ER, you're you're getting blood drawn because you don't feel good, right? And so you want to have this information that you can read and understand and comprehend, just like you can read this book or listen to me talking in English and understand it. Uh, if you if you don't understand it, uh, if you 
for example, didn't understand English, I would just, everything I would say would mean literally nothing, even though it clearly has value and has meaning to it. And so that's the difference in learning how to read your blood labs. And so I do recommend, (laughs) and that's why I created the course to give you guys power and confidence with your blood labs, with your own health, with your doctor. But going back and just, we're going to we're going to, I want this podcast episode to focus more on like how you're going to heal your, your cholesterol and lower it. But so we're going to continue to operate off of that belief and off of that, the, 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 the changing theory of where cholesterol comes from. So it's not food, it's from the liver. And in which case we're now asking questions. What about the liver? Like what, what do I need to know about the liver? What's going on? How do I even know if I have a healthy liver? And if you don't have a healthy liver, it's not to say that your opposite of a healthy liver is cir- cirrhosis, which is something that, you know, people thought think about when you have had a lot of alcohol in life or taken a lot of medications and your liver is just out. It's done. And so you get a disease called cirrhosis, the hardening of the liver. And so I'm not talking about like, oh, if it's healthy, you basically have cirrhosis. There's actually an in-between. And there's no medical term for this. This is... Um, the, what the the word I'm going about to use or the phrase which I've already said liver congestion that phrase is not a diagnosis it is a description of a lower functioning liver and it's something that's actually talked a lot about in Chinese medicine so that may or may not make you intrigue you but you if you have ever seen someone for acupuncture they might say oh your liver's congested or your liver's not doing so well because other medical and other um, health practices especially the eastern eastern medicine much more aware of how important it is that the liver is functioning at top level. And in more Western medicine, we don't really care about the liver until it's literally dead, like until it's like dying on the floor. And then they're like, well, we'll just do a surgery and give you no liver. Like, no, 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 no. Let's not get to that point. And let's not just let this thing run rampant. Because if you have liver congestion, if your liver is not top, is not functioning at its highest level, you're going to get a lot of symptoms. And these symptoms are going to look like everything that you've never thought about, like that you would never think, oh, it's my liver, unless you knew to look for it. And so I'm even going to mention some other podcast episodes from our podcast you can go back to and listen to where we talk about this more. But number one, one sign of symptom, one symptom of liver congestion is nasal congestion and ongoing sinusitis. So you can listen to episode 47 on the gut sinus connection. We will link that in the show notes. And your liver is the intermediary between your gut and the rest of your body. And so if your liver can't detox what's coming through it, then that non, not, not very clean blood, not as detoxed blood is going to literally go everywhere else, including your sinuses. And so your sinuses will get you know, puffed up, they'll be swollen, they'll be inflamed, there'll be more congestion, you'll be more sensitive to having like, you'll just in general have more uh, sensitivity to allergens. So another symptom of liver congestion is worsening allergies. Like, oh, I I, I never had allergies in the fall when I was a kid, but now I do. Liver, 100% liver. And when our clients work with us and we heal their liver, their allergies, their sinus problems, they can breathe in the morning, they can breathe at night, their, you know, allergies 
at, at changing seasons are significantly reduced. It is amazing. And we didn't have to give them, you know, Flonase or something, right? Because that's just dealing with a local problem. It's not dealing with the root cause. We really want to start thinking. I want to encourage you to start thinking differently and deeper about your health. Another symptom of liver congestion is any type of skin problem, rashes, acne, eczema, psoriasis, you can listen to our episode on the gut-skin connection. It's like either episode 46 or 48. It's like right before or right after the gut-sinus connection. And that will also be linked in the show notes, the gut-skin connection, because like I said, the liver is the intermediary between the gut and the rest of the body. So if the liver is not is filtering this blood that that is being you know, we're absorbing food, we're absorbing nutrients, we're also absorbing, you know, bacteria and other bad things from our gut. If we have leaky gut, you have a heavier amount of toxins being dumped into the liver, which the liver then has to filter out. If the liver is not being a very good filter, if it's somehow operating at 80% of its capacity, then things are going to get through that shouldn't have. They're in your blood and they're going everywhere. So we already talked about sinuses. They'll also go to the skin. And so you'll get, your skin's going to be like, well, I guess we have to detox this. And so whatever you're detoxing, your skin is going to be irritated by and it shows up differently for different people. But like I said, it could be just acne, like a just really bad acne. And that's part of how leaky gut causes acne. Um, rashes, eczema and psoriasis. Everybody's skin's a little different. It might react differently. But this is huge to really be thinking about um, what inflammatory things are you putting in the gut, but then also how is your liver functioning? You could have very little inflammatory things in your gut, but if your liver's still, you know, at, 80% functioning. And, and I'm using 80% as a, there's no way to measure it guys, but as a concept, right? That this isn't like 15% or 10% functioning, which might be closer to cirrhosis, right? But just this moderate level, it's going to cause a problem. PMS and estrogen dominant system symptoms are also a sign and symptom of liver congestion. Um, so if you have high cholesterol, you most likely have a liver liver's not functioning at its highest level, and you're even more likely to then also have some type of period cycle problem where you get really heavy periods, you, your breasts are tender, you're irritable, you have a hard time losing weight. These are all estrogen-dominant symptoms. Um, and also, of course, the PMS, headaches, migraines, because your liver is responsible for detoxing estrogen. And when you have your cycle, especially when you're about to menstruate, your, tr your body is dumping estrogen. And if your liver can't keep up, that estrogen is just toxic and building up, and it's really irritating to your whole body. Um, if you, if again, this kind of varies body to body, but it can also be connected to um, fibroids, uterine fibroids, it can be connected to endometriosis. So if you have uterine fibroids or endometriosis, you want to also be like, wow, is my cholesterol high? Um, it's much more likely to be because your liver is also probably not doing so well. Um, and we're going to get into how cholesterol gets high when the liver creates it. And there's, there's some nuances here. I'm not going to get into all of them too, because honestly, it's, it's like its whole module. It's its own module in blood lab bootcamp. And what I'm trying to do is, is create curiosity and, and to create belief that there's something more, because that's a huge problem that, that I know is going on in your health right now is that you're like, is there, am I just like, am, like, what, what else can I do? I already have a restricted diet and have been to a million doctors. What else is there? So I hope this is starting to create some, some mental connections for y'all. Um, if you have difficulty digesting fat, that is because cholesterol is part of having 
good bile. And so if you feel like you eat meals with fat or you've had to have your gallbladder taken out, that's actually another problem pointing to the liver. And that has to do with how bile should be flushed out of the gallbladder. And if the gallbladder isn't receiving enough bile, it actually doesn't flush out. It kind of stagnates and thickens and it can even call, create gallstones. Um, that's kind of, that's one of the processes, uh, one of the negative processes that can happen that will make of gallbladder simply just freeze up. And the doctors will say, they're not even thinking about, well, can we heal your liver? Can we mobilize the gallbladder? There's a, well, let's just take the gallbladder out. And so, but if you know you have a difficulty digesting fat, you really want to be thinking about liver and also looking at like, out of curiosity, do you have high cholesterol? Um, another thing that's just connected to liver congestion is specifically gallstones and gallbladder removal. Any hypothyroid symptoms are really connected to liver congestion. And we get into this in our thyroid panel module in Blood Lab Bootcamp because we literally talk about all the things thyroid. And thyroid's a hot topic. It's really fascinating information. If you want to know why your doctor is reading your blood, your thyroid wrong and not giving you all the information you should need, you need and how they're literally probably not even taking all the markers you need to get the full story on your thyroid, you want that. Like this is about, you know, on the level of like, if you're going to buy a house, you want a good house inspector, not someone who looks at like 25 of the 50 things they should be looking at. You want them to look out 50 out of the 50 things that they need to be looking at to see if your house is a good buy. And so um, can you tell that I'm in the process of buying a house right now? <laughs> so with hypothyroid symptoms, your liver converts a hormone, of a thyroid hormone called T4 into T3 it converts 60% of it. So if you're having thyroid problems, your T3 is low, or you're getting hypothyroid symptoms of just like gaining weight, really low energy, skin problems, um, difficulty focusing, feeling sleepy and tired all the time, you want to check out uh, your, your and, and be thinking about your liver. And also out of curiosity, is your, is your cholesterol high? <laughs> um, brain fog is another symptom of liver congestion because you need cholesterol to create healthy cells and myelin sheaths. And so your cells in your brain are going to be impacted by your your ability to create and then use cholesterol. Um, and so you can have high cholesterol, but it's not a usable version of it. That's that that uh, LDL. And we talk in Blood Lab Bootcamp about what's LDL, why it's bad, and, and how it differs from HDL. There's a really cool process. And, and it talks about you then learn like why one use of cholesterol, there are two different forms of cholesterol, y'all. And so they're used different ways. And so you can get brain fog with liver congestion. You can get joint and muscular pain with liver congestion. Cause again, that toxic blood is going everywhere, including to your joints and your muscles. And so they can get inflamed and that can be connected with everything like fibromyalgia, rheumatoid arthritis. These are things that, again, I get clients, I've had clients with fibromyalgia, had clients with rheumatoid arthritis, and their doctors are not looking at how can we help your liver, right? They're just like, oh, you've got joint pain and muscle pain, and so we're just going to give you these um, anti-inflammatory drugs, and that's all we can do for you. Um, a puffy hands and puffy face, this is due to systemic inflammation in the blood, and so your lymphatic system is overwhelmed. So now we're thinking about lymphatic system, lymphatic drainage, because the blood that your liver should be filtering is not as filtered. It's not as detoxed as it should be. And so your lymphatic system is having to pick up some of the extra um, 
the extra weight, I guess you could say. And so for a long time, I had a very puffy face and I couldn't explain it because I was a very healthy weight and I just figured I had a puffy face. And I have a very different face than what I had. And I'm, I'm telling you, saying like I had a puffy face since I was a kid and it really made me look a lot younger and it, I really hated my puffy face. And I just thought that that's the way my face looked because you know how kids have these like more round face. So I just looked like I had a more round face. And I remember thinking, I'm going to run a marathon and I bet my puffy face is going to change. And it didn't. That was frustrating. And now I look back and I realize, oh my gosh, it was inflammation. I had inflammation for forever, probably because I've had a gluten sensitivity and dairy sensitivity for a long time that was not on my radar, wasn't on my parents' radar. Google wasn't there to help me. Um, I wasn't even trying to deal with my puffy face. I thought that I had to deal with it, but that can be systemic inflammation. And a lot of our clients say after they work with us um, and after they've they deal with their liver and they heal their body and heal their gut that their puffy hands and face goes goes away which and and puffy feet and things like that and puffy collarbones that their shoulders look different and that's all because of that lymphatic system getting blocked up and you're just getting puffy um, bloating and gas gets worse with liver congestion because you're not breaking down food as well waking up to 2 to 4 a.m is going to be a more common thing because your liver is waking up at night to try and catch up on its on its jobs and liver is such a big organ. It has so much blood in it that you are going to, it heats you up and it usually wakes you up and you might even be sweating when you wake up. So I get a lot of clients who say, I'm getting hot flashes. I'm like, ah, they're not like a hot flash related to like hormones. They're a hot flash related to liver, especially if it's in that two to 4 a.m. window and it's consistent and uh, I'm not even thinking hormones until we fix liver. And then it goes away and they sleep through the night and they stop waking up sweating. And it's like magic. <laughs> Another symptom of liver congestion, lastly, is just weakness and difficulty gaining muscle. Because you need, again, cholesterol to have healthy cells and to be transporting uh, transporting vitamins and nutrients. So you want to have healthy, healthy liver, healthy cholesterol. Um, high cholesterol is basically this cholesterol that's like backed up. It's not usable or it's not usable to the way that we want it to be. And so unfortunately, it's like, it's not like you have a high amount. So now you have a superpower because you have all this like good cholesterol, like the goodness of cholesterol floating around. Um, it's, it's because it's, it's backed up in the system because the liver literally can't do its job. It's supposed to send out cholesterol and receive it. And that's this whole process. And that has to do with the different parts of your lipid panel of evaluating how's your liver doing and creating cholesterol. How's it doing, sending it out, bringing it back, all that jazz. So again, I get a lot of clients who they're like, well, I eat a healthy diet. I meditate. I sleep well. Why is my cholesterol high? I'm like, because you have other things going on. So here are four causes for high cholesterol. By the way, none of these are going to be food because food, uh, food sensitivities, and, and, and I, I'm, I guess I'm lying a little bit there. It's none of them are going to be about fatty food because Food sensitivities can be a stressor to the liver because you're creating inflammation every time you eat whatever it is you're sensitive to, gluten, rice, dairy, you know, you may or may not know you're sensitive to it because not all food sensitivities will create a gut, like a gut symptom, you're like, oh, I'm bloated, I know I'm sensitive. You can actually have zero gut symptoms and be sensitive to food and it's changing your mood and it's changing your cycle and it's changing your, it's giving you headaches and you don't realize that. 
separate thing there. Um, but for the most part, these are not about stressing, like just stop eating fatty foods. So fun fact. All right. Four causes for high cholesterol. Number one, stress. Okay. Let's break that down a, a bit because I also really don't like it when people say stress and you're like, I'm just stressed. Everyone's stressed. Our bodies are designed to have stress, y'all. That's how they were created. Praise God. Like, because we have lives that do have stress. Um, it's stressful to go through famine. It's stressful to have to get up early and, and take care of our crops. And I'm thinking about like pre-cars, pre-industrial revolution, when we we always say like, oh, our world nowadays is so fast-paced and so intense. It's like, well, we've always had stress as a society. And so it's not so much about like not having stress because everyone's going to be under stress. How much of it and what type? So there's three types of stress. One, physical. And that's thinking car accidents, giving birth, sleep deprivation, um, so any type of sports activity that's intense, like a marathon, a triathlon. Um, these things are, they're physically stress straining and they can be good things. Like, like you enjoy your marathon running. You wanted to give birth. Um, you might be sleep deprived because of giving birth, but we have to remember that those count. And so if you feel like your health just changed suddenly, randomly one day, and you don't know what caused it, well, it's like, well, do you have a history of sleep deprivation? Did you get in a car accident six months ago? Um, you know, have you, have you had physical things happen to you? Did you get meningitis? Did you get COVID? Have you had physical things happen to you that are, are stressful or straining? Did you break a bone? All these things. Number two type of stressor, emotional. Poor boundaries, job loss, loss of loved ones, poor self-esteem, negative self-talk, financial strain, spiritual strain, all these things that are, they're all emotional for us. And so um, marriage, divorce, like it can be good things and bad things. Moving and moving can be positive for us. Like, yeah, I got a new job or whatever. And moving can be stressful. Like, oh, I'm like so sad I have to move. Um, or it could be both at the same time, right? Uh, we have to remember that there are things that happen in our lives that can even be good, but they, 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 they can be stressful. So if you're like, well, I got married and then all my symptoms started and I'm so happy with the person I'm married to, but it's like, yeah, but marriage is a huge change. And honestly, like even just the marriage process, the organizing the wedding and, and to having to have deep talks with another human being that also is stressful. It's it, it puts strain on who you are as a human. So, um, that's another aspect of this. And, and when, when we're thinking about, uh, about naturally healing the liver, it's like, Okay, now that we've dealt with, maybe you had a car accident. Did you ever really get work done to help your body heal? Did you get craniosacral therapy to help your concussion? Did you get visceral manipulation? Did you give yourself time to rest? Did you have to go straight back to work? Same with giving birth. Did you have to go back to work super quickly? Did you ever get pelvic floor therapy? Sleep deprivation. Are you still being sleep deprived? Have you taken intentional steps to stop that? I've had clients when when we um, do sleep deprivation or deal with sleep deprivation or if it's going on for them, I will basically say, okay, we're going to start your protocol, but I literally don't want you focusing on anything until we've dealt with this. And sometimes it's like they need to sleep train their kid. And I say, I don't want you starting or focusing on anything else until I want you to figure out how to sleep train your kid so you can sleep. Because if you're not sleeping, it makes it really hard for us to, to dial back on this and help you heal. Um, and so emotionally, it's like, okay, maybe you did have more boundaries. Is there anything that's current that needs to be dealt with? Um, 
And sh- should you be seeking counseling? Should you be seeking seeking a life change? Um, you know, is there and if there's something in the past, have you dealt with that trauma, or have you dealt with those those strains? Have you processed it? Have you again sought out a counselor or gotten some type of spiritual, you know, therapy, um, spiritual or psycho-emotional therapy. Um, so when we're talking about causes for high cholesterol, we want to reverse engineer, not just that it happened, but how do we address it? Was it ever addressed that it happened? And that can be a part of your overall, this is about holistic healing of your body. It's not just like take a pill for the cholesterol. It's heal your life for your cholesterol. Um, and the last co- type of stress is biochemical, higher low blood sugar, uh, high cortisol levels, pathogens, heavy metals, food sensitivities, things that are inside of you that are biochemical, high levels of estrogen. Um, the liver congestion itself is is a biochemical stressor, unfortunately. So it's, it's cyclical. You can help heal that liver congestion. And there are certain supplement protocols that we do with our clients that will do on top of whatever else it is they're doing, sleeping better, all those things. But, um, this is a huge part of it that we, that we, uh, that we look at and think about deeply physical, emotional, and biochemical stressors, limiting any that are current and, and limiting the biggest ones, you know, or just stopping the biggest ones and healing from the past ones. Number two, uh, cause of high cholesterol inflammation, as a general category. And within that, you have food sensitivities, toxin exposure, that could be chemicals like parabens and phthalates, which are in healing, they're in like um, personal care products, shampoos, hand soap, that's a reason to like really be looking at chemicals in your life. They're in candles, um, looking at, do you have metals in your body? That's why we do something called an HTMA test. And we talk about these tests in blood lab boot camp, what are these tests? How do you know if you need one? What do they look like? How could you find one? How can you work with someone to do them? What types of information comes with it? How do you know if it would benefit you to do it? We talk about all this and more in blood lab boot camp. So when you look at your blood labs, you're not just like, great, look, I now know what this means. It's you have action steps that come out of it. And biotoxins of any sort, so mold, pathogens, they excrete toxins that are inside of, that are then inside of you. And it's unrelated. You could have the most perfect diet and the least amount of chemicals in your life and no metal exposure. But if you have pathogens you're not dealing with, you're not going to feel better. And that's part of the insanity that people go through when they go on the low FODMAP diet and they try to deal with their cholesterol and they eat lower fat diet or whatever it is you're trying to do in your health. And you're like, well, I still don't feel good. Or some days I can eat the same stuff and one day I'll feel good and one day I'll feel bad. That is a sign you have a pathogen. The pathogen does not have the same timetable as you and your food and your meals. It acts when it wants to act. Uh, number three, I literally put pathogens as its own category because it's that important. Um, and it might sound repetitive, but I did put this as stress, inflammation, pathogens, um, just because that's how common it is. I've never done a lab test with a client who feels horrible and not found a pathogen. Um, we have H. pylori, candida, SIBO, yeast overgrowth, mold. Uh, there's you got options of of what can be going on. You want to be checking at least the ones that correlate with your symptoms, if not more. And that's something you learn about in blood lab boot camp of which pathogens correlate with which symptoms that you would be having. And how can you see that pattern then reflected in your blood chemistry so you can feel really clear like, oh, this is how they all connect. 
And number four, a metabolic syndrome. And a metabolic syndrome is this kind of catch-all phrase. A syndrome means like a cluster of symptoms. And metabolic syndrome is this decreased ability to manage your energy levels. A specific type of metabolic syndrome, for example, is diabetes. That's a diagnosis. That is a disease state of, of a metabolic problem, your body not being able to handle energy well, aka not making insulin or having insulin resistance. Um, But metabolic syndrome, you can have that without having diabetes, type 1 or type 2. You can just have problems with processing your sugar because, by the way, liver stores a lot of sugar. It's called glycogen. And if you either can't store it or can't release it, you're going to have problems. If you have adrenal gland burnout, you're going to have problems with your sugar and your energy levels. And if you have any pancreas problems, you're also going to have problems with your energy levels related to sugar. Um, Energy levels related to fat and protein can be, are you producing liver bile? Are you producing pancreatic enzymes? Are you producing stomach acid? If you have H. pylori, you're not producing stomach acid. If you have acid reflux, you're much more likely to have low stomach acid. And so again, I'm trying to create this picture in this circle that this all makes sense, right? Um, And then you're like, oh, and and I have high cholesterol and my liver's not functioning well. Ooh, I'm starting to see a pattern. Um, Metabolic syndrome also can be just problems with energy assimilation. So you need something called a carnitine shuffle to actually get fat to a usable form inside of your cells. And so, um, you know, can you do the carnitine shuffle? Are you having problems with doing that? Do you have nutrient sufficiency in your B vitamins? Your B vitamins are also important. Like once you break down the food, can you assimilate it into your cells? Whole other like level of problems. So When you want to think about supporting your liver and reducing cholesterol levels, you want to think about identifying food sensitivities and stop eating those things. This is not no cheat days. Every time you cheat with a food sensitivity, you're reintroducing inflammation, removing pathogens. This is way more important than taking a probiotic because the pathogen, a probiotic doesn't remove the pathogen. In fact, it usually adds chaos to all the things going on in your microbiome. It's like throwing a civilians into a war zone. You let's stop the war before you throw in some probiotics. Um, You want to heal your gut lining. You want to get more consistent sleep. You want to look at things like visceral manipulation and craniosacral therapy to mobilize your liver, your gallbladder, help you breathe more openly, um, help your nervous system heal, decompress any cranial bones that have been damaged from concussions or, or head trauma or sports or falling on your tailbone. Uh, You want to take supportive supplements. Coffee enemas are another thing that we talk about in our work and we talk about in Blood Lab Bootcamp. You want to reduce stress, get a counselor, develop better boundaries, say no to things, and you want to reduce toxicity and inflammation levels by doing exercise, saunas, Epsom salt baths. These all help mobilize your lymph in your body, help mobilize, like sweat can help get toxins out of your body. Um, There's a lot more you can do with reducing toxicity, um, whether that's if, are you specifically dealing with heavy metals? You know, we get clients who they have a high level of mercury or a high level of aluminum. And so we're doing specific things for that. And there's ways that you can actually even glance into your blood chemistry and, and say, oh, there's a, a sign in my blood chemistry that I have heavy metals. It's literally can be right in there. And we teach you all of that and more in Blood Lab Bootcamp. 
So guys, gals, if you have had high or low cholesterol on your blood labs that your doctor's been either blowing off or you've been recommended to go on medication to control your cholesterol and you've got gut health problems, you got hormone problems, you got skin and sinus or sleep problems, these are all interconnected. And the best way for you to get that power in your hands of what to do about it is to learn how to read your own blood chemistry and find your own solutions using the power of blood chemistry. If you've been listening to our past two podcast episodes, you know, and I've mentioned it multiple times in this podcast episode, we have a course. I created a course for y'all so that you don't have to rely on another health practitioner. If they get sick, if they're not available, if they're busy, if their prices go up, whatever happens, like you won't have to rely on somebody else to interpret your own health. Just like you don't have to rely on someone else to read a sign or read directions or read a book for you, you you can do it yourself. And so that is the point of this. That's the power of it. And you can do it for life. Once you learn how to read it, you can read it for life. And so I'm so excited uh, that Blood Lab Bootcamp is going on. I know you guys have heard me say that because it's real and it's powerful. It's the same thing that has helped me through my own health journey, through my miscarriage I had this year. Um, And it has helped so many of our clients, including the one I was talking about at the beginning, uh, one of our students from Blood Lab Bootcamp who looked at her blood chemistry and said, oh my gosh, I can actually do something about my cholesterol. I'm not a victim of this. It's not that I am just sitting here wondering, because that's what she was doing, like, why is this even high? I'm young. I'm relatively healthy. Why is my cholesterol so high? Am I doing something wrong? Is this my fault? And she found out it's not her fault. There's some other things going on in her body, which she could see through the rest of her blood chemistry, and she's doing something about it, guys. And so if you want direct guidance on what blood markers to ask for from your doctor, or if you want direct access to affordable, no-hassle blood chemistry ordered straight through us through Better Belly Therapies, if you want modules, five modules on the most common and most useful blood lab panels. If you want modules and training on reviewing a case study from a client of mine where we used her blood labs to find the deeper root cause of her bloating, acid reflux, and hormonal imbalance and endometriosis. We looked, if you want to learn about how to use your blood chemistry to create your own next steps in your health where you're not guessing what you need anymore. You're not just flailing about like, oh, this blog post said to try this, so I'm going to try it and I hope it works. If you want to know how to talk to your doctor about your blood chemistry, if you want to avoid the top seven mistakes when reading blood chemistry, if you want worksheets, spreadsheets, and downloads that you can keep forever when taking this course, if you want access to Blood Lab Bootcamp for the entire life of the course and to have and join a live group call where you can bring your questions from the course and bring your blood work for me to review with you and then join Blood Lab Bootcamp. Join the wait list. It is the first place I'm going to be letting people know that Blood Lab Bootcamp is available opening January 5th, 2022, new year, new you. It might seem far away, but y'all, you know, the holidays go fast. Get on the wait list. Be 
just let me and let yourself know that when this comes around, that's going to be one of the things. If you're planning on joining the gym or as you're starting to think about what are your New Year's resolutions, let this be a resolution to simply learn something, to be equipped so that even if you are not going to ask your doctor for any specific blood chemistry or blood labs, the next time they decide to run an iron panel or run a you know, comprehensive metabolic panel or complete blood count. First off, you'll know what these are. Second off, you'll know like, hey, please order this for me. I want these specific markers. And third off, you'll be able to interpret them and say, hey, this is something that concerns me and have a conversation with your doctor. And if they don't listen, you can use everything I've taught you and teach you in Blood Lab Bootcamp for how you can address those markers, whether it be it they high or low. And so this is something that I'm super passionate about. This is going beyond giving a man a fish. You know, that whole adage, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. This is about you guys learning how to feed yourself for a lifetime so that you don't need me or a podcast or or all that stuff. Guys, I've saved so much time in my life not having to randomly blog, like search blogs and podcasts on like, what's my ailment? What's going on? Uh, I mean, it's totally amazing. And you don't have to be me to have a much stronger grip on your health, to be able to analyze it and see see your health in a different way, to not be keep on ramming at your health in the same way, doing the same diet changes or fearing food or or just feeling like you're doing everything wrong or that you're you just need more willpower. You don't need more willpower. You just need the right action steps that actually start you making making you feel better so that when you feel better, you don't even need as much willpower to say, hey, get out of bed or hey, take a shower. Hey, do this thing that's good for you because you literally have the energy for it. And so I've created Blood Lab Bootcamp so that you can get to that place yourself. If you want to join the wait list, and I recommend that you do, go to betterbellytherapies.com slash blood. That's also where you can Look again at all the details in the course, what's included, testimonials I have on that page. It's all our information about Blood Lab Bootcamp, the cost. We have a payment plan. So if you're like, I don't know if I can even do that in January, we have a payment plan so that we can make this, we want, I want to make this affordable for y'all so that you can join the Blood Lab, join the bootcamp and really be a part of another round of students. I know that our other students also, by the way, loved having that, our live call. And we're going to have two this time. And just hearing all the other people, where they're at, where their life stage is out of, why they took the course and what they learned and what they picked up and listening to other people's questions. People, all of our listeners stayed the entire time. All of our students stayed that entire call. And it was just such a fun time. So if you want to be a part of a community, if you want to get control and empower in your health. If you want to get the next step so you're not guessing and you're 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 going to put that pause on just like blogging and and looking at all those blogs and maybe I've got this, maybe I've got that. No, what you've got is specific to you and it's in your labs. It's in and and your blood lab and blood chemistry is the great place to start when we're talking about starting that investigation into your health. 
And lastly, I do want to add, if you do not want to wait until January 5th to figure out the mystery of your health, if you want to jump into functional lab testing and get healthiest, the fastest you can imagine possible, I am accepting one-to-one clients to work with. If you want to fast track your health and you're ready to get answers today, then sign up for a qualifying call with me for my foundations program. This is the same program that many of my clients, all of my clients have done before, and it is something where we're not a la carte your lab testing. We're not trying to do the slow poke way. We are going as fast as we can, getting all the relevant pieces of information, and I create your protocol. I do it for you as fast as possible so that you can get changes as fast as possible. And just so you all know, on average, and we, we keep this data, we track it, on average, our clients feel changes and improvement in their symptoms within three to seven days after starting their protocol that I create for you. And they see 50 to 80% improvement in their symptoms within three months of working with us. The Their top five symptoms, they fee- see 50 to 80% improvement. And if you've heard our testimonial episodes, you have heard us actually even talk about that on those testimonial episodes where we're either interviewing someone at three months or six months after working with us. And you just hear what those symptoms were and how much they've improved and what they did to get there and what we found. I'm going to have my assistant link in the show notes, some of our top testimonial episodes, and you can listen to them if you have never listened to them before. And I would love to work with you and see a new you in the new year, uh, starting to work with you as soon as you even hear this podcast episode. All right. Well, if you love this episode, we we'll still keep having episodes. If you've been listening for a while, you know what I say. We have so much more coming down the line. And if you're new to our podcast, welcome. I'm so excited and so glad you're interested in cholesterol and healing your body and looking for better ways to sustain your health. And so subscribe to this podcast. I encourage you so you can continue to catch all our good, great episodes coming up. And if you thought of a friend as you were listening to this, I always encourage our listeners, take a screenshot and text it to them or share this on your stories and just say, hey, this podcast episode really hit me. This is fascinating. I really recommend people to check it out because it means so much when you reach out to a friend and say, hey, I care. I've been hearing you and I hope this brings you hope today. Other ways that you can be supportive is by leaving a rating and review. I know more people. I've been noticing that our ratings have been going up as in just the number of ratings. So thank you so much for those of you who've been leaving a rating. I would love to see a couple reviews It is so helpful just to see a couple blurbs and other people can more easily find this podcast episode when we have reviews that are saying, hey, this was helpful to me. So if you want more people to catch information on this as well, I would invite you to leave a rating and review. Other ways you can catch more good content is by following us on Instagram at Better Belly Therapies. I'm active on stories. I'm active in our posts. I love answering questions. If you want to ask questions there, we have extra content on Instagram that we are not posting on the podcast, things that we can do with video and all that jazz. So join us there and I would love to chat with you. In the meantime, I'm going to leave you guys off with our motto. Miracles are immediate, but healing takes time.